listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Unto the Lord, for he is As a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, all of your gifts are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com. God bless you. Listen to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio. On Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, all of our broadcasts are available as podcasts through SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Blueberry.com, Zoom.com, Stitcher.com, Lisbon.com, and BlogTalkRadio.com. To listen to our broadcast by phone, dial 646-478-0660. Again, that number is 646-478-0660. Go visit and like our Facebook page, When Christians Speak Talk Radio. Also be sure to check out Christians Against Suicide and Depression. It's a page dedicated to sharing God's love, encouragement, and hope. There are prayer warriors standing by to receive prayer requests, doing intercession for those under attack by the lie and deception of the devil. We know that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But praise God, Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus is my portion And a constant friend is he His eye is all the sparrow And I know he's watching over me so I sing because I'm happy and I sing because I am free his eye is on is on the sparrow And I know he's watching, he's watching over me. Praise you, Lord. We know that if you care so much about a sparrow falling to the earth, 
that it doesn't go unnoticed, the death of a sparrow. How much greater, how much greater is your care for us, your love for us. You created us in your image. And you loved us with an everlasting love through your son that you gave up willingly that we might have this eternal life, an abundant life, a life filled with joy, with peace. And we thank you. We praise you this day. I thank you for this broadcast hour that no weapon formed against it shall prosper. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is not only limited to to his presence being in me, but his presence in the earth. So I have a confidence of knowing that as your word goes forth, that it will penetrate the airways, hit atmospheres in places that I cannot go physically in this moment. But your word, you send your word and it accomplishes the very purposes for which it's being sent. So I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for speaking through me during this hour that I am able to step aside and allow your precious Holy Spirit to have your way during this hour. So have your way, Lord. Have your way. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Heal us in those places that are broken. Open up the eyes of our understanding that we might see you more clearly. And as we see you, we see ourselves. We thank you for loving us so much. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. So welcome to another hour of Declaring the Finished Work. This is your host, Pat Randall, and I am here to continue with this message entitled, Why is the Church Afraid? Why is the church afraid? Why should we be afraid? Why should we be intimidated, amen, by the things that are going on in the world right now? Why? Why? And specifically in our country, the country that I am currently living in, was born here, amen, and I've watched uh I've lived enough decades that I've watched the culture change, the government change, things that weren't acceptable are now acceptable. I've I've seen it. I've lived through quite a bit of this cultural so-called revolution. Amen. So this message, why is the church afraid? I am leading out of the scripture of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And some um, versions, scriptural versions, tell us that it's a sound mind. Amen. And this is how the Amplified reads. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Living Bible says, for the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit, God's gift, does not want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. The NIV reads, for the Spirit God gave us 
gave us not a for the spirit let me reread that so that I can get the the meaning correctly all right here we go for the spirit God gave us there we go does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline so the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid or fearful or cowardice because the presence of his spirit gives us power love and a sound mind or self-discipline or self-control This is not something that we give ourselves. You know, we have our man-made version of power, self-discipline, right? And and love. But it's not a divine presence of power, love, and self-control or self-discipline or sound mind. There is a difference. Let's look at the word fear. I was looking at the definition. I wanted to pull out some things um, from the, the Greek word for fear. And it... Um, its meaning is anxiety, loss of courage, strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, timidity, cowardice. The word power, possession of control, authority, or influence over others, dominion. Strength, ability, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. That's its nature. Or which a person or thing exerts and put forth. Power for performing miracles, moral power, and excellence of soul amen amen i like that that um definition it says power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature do we have god's nature or do we have the nature of man what are we operating out of The Greek word for power is dunamis. And and for those of us who have been in the church environment for a while and we've done Bible studies and, you know, and we've studied the scriptures, um, this dunamis means an active power, a miraculous power, ability, a natural capability, an inherent power, capability of anything just think about this scripture with God, all things, all things are possible. With man, it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So this dunamis power, this power that comes from God is capable of anything. It has the ability to perform anything. Absolutely. Not merely power capable of action but power in action that's deutimus that's divine power and this is what God is speaking to us in in 2nd Timothy this chapter 1 verse 7 
He's given us a spirit, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control or self-discipline or a spirit of a sound mind. This is what belongs to us as believers. This is what we should be believing. That we have a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. Because whatever you believe is going to come forth. And this 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 power of self-control is the ability to control oneself. In particular, one's emotions and desires. See, this this power that we have, this is a power over sin that we don't have to yield ourselves to something that really has no power over us any longer. We are dead to sin and alive to God because his very spirit, his spirit of power, his spirit of love, his spirit of 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 self-discipline, self-control, amen, of a sound mind is present within us and there is no power greater than this power that comes from God that he has Put on the inside of us. Only believe. That's what he's asking us to. Only believe. Only believe that he has done this for us. He has given us this sound mind. And this sound mind is having the capacity to think, reason, and understand. Understand according to God. And 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 the Greek root word for for um, a sound mind it means a saving mind, a saving the mind, a saving the mind. Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God! And when we recognize that we don't lack anything. We don't. We may believe that we lack something, but it's a false truth. It's a lie. A false truth is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Last week, I talked about the atmosphere of the world. This atmosphere that has been created, we can call it atmosphere we can call it culture but even though it's demonstrated in the natural realm it is something that is unseen it's an atmosphere that has been created in this world and this atmosphere is designed to keep us bound it doesn't matter if this atmosphere changes or this culture and I can, I'm going to use those two words interchangeably, atmosphere and culture. It doesn't matter whether it's always shifting and change. And its purpose is to keep us bound in sin. Keep us bound in this fear that God did not give us. This worry and depression and anger and disappointment and unforgiveness. All those negative things that we participate in. Just keep us hostage. I talked about psychology, which is man's version. Man's version of looking at yourself. Man's way of searching your heart. And the approach is to look at 
someone who's done something to you or some circumstance that you've been subject to that has caused your brokenness. And by looking at that and recalling it and talking through it and then reasoning with your mind, That you can be free of that is supposed to bring a solution to this problem that you're experiencing in your life. Because your life has been shaped out of this warped identity. But we can go through counseling forever. And never ever break free. There are people who've been going, been in counseling for years, years, seeing psychologists, and even in the in the church atmosphere, um, seeing counseling, seeing counselors within the when the church Christian counselors, and uh, and even altar calls can be a form of um, of of. Uh, of deliverance, but yet never really getting free. So you have the same people coming to the altar about the same issues or issues that stem from the same root cause and never being set free. They come up, they get prayer, they cry, they go through the whole thing. And they go back, they feel good. Then they go back out into the world. And it begins to fade. That's what we have been accepting. As our reality. When God has spoken that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-control or self-discipline. Our reality is false because it is not founded upon Christ. He is the rock that is higher than I, higher than you. That rock that you can stand on, that solid ground that you can stand on. And if you're not standing on this solid ground, which is Christ, then you will always be wavering and shifting, feeling unbalanced. Being controlled by things outside of yourself. I talked about accepting the traditions of men and and the reasonings and the beliefs that come out of the, the mind of man. Not the mind of God, but the mind of man. God's not interested in traditions. He's certainly not interested in your reasonings. And your version of of beliefs. His thoughts are higher. They're not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher. His ways are not our ways. They're higher. So we are reaching for his thoughts. That's where we're pressing toward. We're pressing toward his thoughts and pressing toward his ways. Not our thoughts and our ways. Man's pride... Causes us to create a theology that's still mainly focused on what man can do. Rather than what God has already done. Because we have a desire to identify ourselves by our, 
by our own accomplishments. When we can do nothing, nothing without him, nothing on our own. And that kind of thinking that separates us from God fools us or deceives us into believing that what we've accomplished, we've accomplished it without God. And yet, you would not be breathing unless God had given you the breath of life. You didn't create yourself. You're not why you're breathing today. See, this is the atmosphere of the world. And unfortunately, we bring this atmosphere with us into the church. And so, while we're there, you're talking about lukewarm. That's what lukewarm really is. Is 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 this atmosphere that we create within the church that actually is... Um, Basically, it's a it's a copy of what's happening in the world, but we take it. It's it's. Let me give you this example. It's like taking a secular song, which has been done in the church. Take a secular song and just change the words, and then we say that it's it's godly, and that's what we do. Even when we're dealing with finances, when we're dealing with healing, you know, we take, we will take man's versions. Listen, there are ministries uh, that are set up within a church. Like, for instance, a cancer ministry. But what are we talking about, basically? We're talking about all the natural ways of taking care of of cancer as we go through our chemo and as we go through our radiation and 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 how we eat and you know all all of, all of those things is is our central focus and we we've we've brought that kind of thing because they do that in the world in the world at a cancer institute. They will take you through that whole process and teach you about eating correctly, showing you how you can exercise without hurting yourself, but to just take care of your physical body. They even have meditation where you can go and you can do meditation. I mean, all of that is, is there. But where is the dunamis, the power of God? I'm going to address this uh, a little bit up because I'm going to come back to I'm going to come back to that. You know how we set up these um, worldly systems within the church environment. We are afraid because we lack confidence in God. Sometimes it's not clearly visible to you that What you're lacking is confidence in God. You say that you have confidence in God. But there are things that we do. I've seen it in my own life. And I just thank the Holy Spirit for the work that he is doing exposing these lies. I'm going to ask you this question. What happens when you don't 
receive this miracle that you've been praying for and fasting for and doing all these things. For some people, they are so discouraged by not receiving the miracle that they walk away from God and they decide that what's the point? Or they decide that maybe God just doesn't exist. Or maybe this is not for me. Maybe it works for other people, but it's not for me. Or do we decide to define God by saying that, well, it was God's will, you know, he, his, you know, he always knows what's best. And, and so he's decided that I see that human reasoning. I just recently read something that has been flowing in the church for quite a while um, about healing. You know, when people are, are believing for um, healing from God and they end up having to go to the to the hospital and have the surgery or whatever it is that they need um, from the medical profession. And what they... The, create, the theology that they create from that experience is that, you know, well, I did, I believe God for supernatural healing, but God does not only work through, uh, do supernatural healings, but he also worked through doctors. And, you know, I went and I had the surgery or I had the treatment and my my recovery was faster than expected. God was with the, the, the doctors and the nurses and, and, and just all the things that he orchestrated that he was with me. There's no doubt that God is with you in every situation. In every circumstance. But do, do not, do not bring God's power down to that level. That's not how Jesus operated. And in these last days, God spoke through his son. God spoke through his son. It's okay when you don't receive the miracle. When you prayed for someone and they died anyway. You prayed that they'd be raised from the dead, but they were not. But that does not change who God says he is. God should only be defined by his word. God is not a God who says, well, well, we can't do it this way. I won't be able to do it this way. So I'm going to, we're going to do it in another way. We're going to do it, well, you know, it, so it may not be a miracle, not miraculous, not supernatural, but I'm going to do it this way. Can you imagine God thinking like that? The, the the maker of the heavens and the earth, the creator, the one that says, with me all things are possible. The one who said, with my stripes you were healed. Did he kind of mean that sometimes, sometimes with my stripes you were healed and then other times I'll use the, the hand of man and medicine and we cannot. Even if we don't see our miracle. It's like the, the Hebrew boys who went into the fiery furnace. 
They were not sure that they were going to come out of this thing. But they made up in their minds that if he does not, if he does not deliver me from this fiery furnace, he is still God and I will not bow down to any other reality. Whatever happens to me, it is not going to change the reality of who God is. We have to continue to press into this truth about the spirit of power that lives on the inside of us. Just because we didn't see our miracle... It does not mean that we give up on miracles and we choose an alternative way. No, we continue to press in because it is the truth that makes us free. It's the truth that makes us free. It is the truth that makes us free. We have to be careful that we're not making God into our image instead of allowing him to make us into his image. Because when we accept lesser things than what he promised us. We start to change his image. Because that's what we do as, as, as a man. That's what we, that's what we do. Okay. I couldn't find, I couldn't find uh, this particular thing. So, or I couldn't have this particular thing, so I'll settle for this. I'll take this and, you know, it'll do the same. It'll have its same kind of purpose. It won't be the the best. It won't be that perfect gift from God, but it'll be a gift and it'll be good. I mean, that that's what, you know, that's the kind of thinking that, that man does. Oh, I couldn't find this exact Whatever it is that was of a higher quality. So I found something that looks a lot like it and I can use it for the same purpose. But it just doesn't have that same quality. It doesn't have that same standard. And so we settle. Let us not make God into a God who will say, well, I can't part the Red Seas today, so um, why don't I just send you a boat and we'll just cross over. No, he is still the God who can part the Red Sea. So if we believe that, well, I have the option that, oh, if he doesn't part the sea, I got this backup plan. I'll wait for the boat and I'll cross over on the boat. That's who we are. That's not who God is. See, we're here fighting the good fight of faith. And if we don't remember that we're here fighting the good fight of faith, that good fight of believing God at his word, who he says he is, not who we say he is, depending on what we're going through or the outcome of certain situations. That's not how we define who God is. And as a result of that, we find ourselves in a place where we are afraid in this world. That spirit of fear. 
because we're not believing in this power, this dunamis power that resides on the inside of us as the Holy Spirit, his love, his self-control, a well-balanced mind, his peace that passes all understanding. And this thing with our emotions. See, we've lost control of our emotions. And because we bring our emotions into the church and we like being emotional... And so then we begin to define our experiences with God in emotional terms. We like it when we cry. We like it when we fall out. We like it when we're trembling and we're shaking. We, you know, we like all of that stuff. But it's not necessary. Because then we are operating in a mode that says, it's about what I'm feeling. And that will work for you and it will work against you. Because sometimes you don't feel like God is present. Sometimes you wake up in that mood where you just, you can't even put your finger on it, but you don't feel good. You don't feel right. You feel out of sorts. But this is a walk of faith. This is a walk of what we believe, not what we feel. Only believe. Not only shake and tremble, only fall out, only, no, only believe. Only believe. Believe. Believe God at his word. Believe God at his promises. Only believe. Creating theology through what we've experienced or, or through our circumstances can oftentimes lead to this flawed thinking. We can end up bringing his thoughts, God's thoughts and his ways down to a human level. That's a human level. When we go to a medical hospital, and I'm not saying that you don't go because if you don't receive your healing that you're believing God for, for whatever reason, it has nothing to do with God and the Holy Spirit. If you continue to press toward the mark, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal those things, those belief systems that could be blocking your healing. But the medical system is man's creation. For promoting healing. And it is a. A simulation of type. That brings healing. But it's not the healing. By the stripes. By, by Jesus, the wounding that took place to Jesus's, that he endured on the cross, the wounding 
the wounding, the stripes on his back. That is what has healed us. Of everything, not just sickness, of everything. We have to remember, when we came into this world, we have been thoroughly programmed from a very young age through our education system, through our medical system, uh, right? Through our government, right? All, all of these things. I mean, all of this, all of these systems that are present. are programming us to live without the fullness of God being present in our lives. Giving us the illusion that we can make decisions Outside of him. Forgetting that we've been bought with a price. Ask yourself, am I creating a godly persona of my own making? You know, we... We're in this culture where we emulate great men of God and great women of God. You know, we have that mindset that we set these people apart as though they're different from us. And then we look at them and then we want to be like them. And so we want to emulate This God persona. And that's what we did in the world. We emulated. We had our idols. We had people that we looked up to. And we saw them accomplishing and successful at certain things. And we decided, I want to be like that. And then you start reading about them. And then you read about how the, the kinds of things that they did to get to where they got. And then you start doing that. We're doing the same thing in the church. Oh, this guy, he fasted for 40 days and he didn't drink this and he did this and then he did this and then he did this and, and then he went in his room and then he prayed and then he did this and he prayed this kind of prayer and and we decide, well, I want that too, so I'm going to follow what he did, so I'm going to fast for 40 days, and I'm going to only drink water. Then I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to pray it for 40 days. And that, What is that? That's the same thing that we do in the world. Because it's all about us. All about me. It's a Christianity that's focused on you instead of Jesus. Jesus and what he has done. Only believe. By grace you have been saved. Not by, by your works. No man can boast. No man can boast. No man can boast. Do you want to appear in a way that others will see you as this great man or woman in God? Is that your reputation is, 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 is important to you? How others see you? Is that where you find your confidence in your identity, who you are? By other people saying, they, oh, you're a great woman of God. You're a great man of God. Oh, you have such, such, such great faith.
when Jesus talked about the centurion having this faith that he'd never seen even among his own people who are believers of God, the the only one and true living God. He didn't go meet with the centurion and say, listen, you know what? You are, no. He used that as a teaching example to the people. This is a man who understands authority and power. So he has gone beyond, because he's a man who's in authority and power, but he's gone beyond thinking about this authority and power as a man and seeing that there is a power and authority that is greater so he looks to Jesus who has this greater power and authority because it's a divine power it's a divine authority He recognizes this. He recognizes that his authority and his power as a man comes under God's power and authority. It cannot even be compared to it. He had such a great revelation of this authority that Jesus had. That he just You don't even have to come into my house. Just send your word. Can we stop making excuses. To make ourselves feel better about. Not having received a miracle. And just say, you know what? I didn't get it on this one. But I'm going to continue to press until I receive the promise. We have to. Lose our lives so that we can find it in Him. It's not about us. I remember the Holy Spirit saying that directly to me in a situation where I felt that I needed to, I needed to take a moment. I needed to pray and meditate and speak in tongues and do all these things that you know that we do. And he's just stopped me. And he said, so you still think it's about you? And we do. We think, oh, if I do this, if I this, I lay my hands, I put this, I do this. If God can send his word and someone can get healed, that means we don't even have to lay hands on the person. Only believe. We're not here to make our name great in the earth. We're here to make God's name great in the earth. And when we miss the mark or when we fall short, we don't, we don't come, do not, please stop coming up with these analogies that God had this plan B. You didn't get your supernatural healing, but we're going to give you plan B, go to the doctor, have the treatment. Just stop that. We're limiting God. We're limiting God. I mean, God exposed something to me. I was having a conversation with someone, and I was talking about, um, you know, if 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 this hadn't happened, then I would not have moved and be where I am today. 
or even start to consider that. Look at things like, like when I lost, I lost my husband. Well, I didn't lose him. My husband moved and and transitioned out of this world when I was still just, I was still really young. I was like 39 years old when he transitioned. And sometimes I will think back about that life with him before he transitioned and where I am now and think that where would I have would would I be where I am now in my relationship with God if my husband hadn't transitioned if he hadn't laid down his body and left this world See that that's limited thinking. That's like saying, well, that's the only way God could have he could only have used that specific situation to get you to where you are when that's not true because there are no limitations. God will get you to where you need to be. He will use whatever circumstances that present themselves. He'll he'll use the decisions that you make that, that created the circumstances. Because he's not limited. He can turn water into wine. He's not limited from taking one thing and changing it and transforming it into another. But we think these thoughts because it's human reasoning that puts such limitations on God. Like, you know, um, Christians who are so concerned about having, you know, um, a certain certain ju- judges from certain parties, um, you know, in the Supreme Court so that that we can make sure that we have certain laws that 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 come under the law of God. Giving man too much power. All power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. And the only real love is the love that comes from God. The only real self-control, self-discipline, sound mind, it comes from God. Why is the church afraid? Because we've diminished God and his power. By coming up with these all kinds of thoughts that not they're not even scripturally based. You can't even find scripture to support it. But it satisfies our consciousness if something doesn't go the way we expect it. Then we come up with this rationale. That somehow God shifted and changed in that particular situation. And so he did it this way. God sees everything from the beginning to the end. Knows everything. All wise, all knowing. Everywhere present. Don't limit him. Don't limit him to what you can see. He sees everything, everywhere, all at once. Don't limit him to what only you can see. Always keep him majestic. Always keep him 
outside of this limited world, this atmosphere that we are in. He is bigger than that. Don't put him in a box. He is much bigger than that. So I'm going to stop right here right now. You know, last week I talked about answer, and I gave you a definition when I looked up answer. I was just led to look up answer, and it talks about um, answer meaning that it's a response or reaction to something. All right? And so we say that we're looking for answers to God from God. But the answer is always on the inside of us because he lives on the inside of us. And if we're responding out of the spirit of God on the inside of us, we're always answering every situation, every person by the will of God because we're abiding, we're abiding like a branch in a vine, we're staying connected to the vine, receiving everything that we need from that vine. He's doing the pruning, not us. He's he's pruning. He's taking away. It says he takes away every branch that's not being fruitful. So the things that are not fruitful in our lives, he's taking that away. That's not our job. Our job is to believe. Believe in him. Believe in what he's done. To always see him. To always know in your heart that he is ever present. That he's always guiding your steps. That he always speaks. Being in a place to to be ready to hear. To hear his voice. Because you know, you believe that he's present. Always present. Always present in your life. Always. Nothing can separate you. Nothing. No created thing. Nothing. No height, no death. Nothing. Father, we thank you for your word. Praise your holy name, God. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. You alone are worthy. We thank you for moving. For moving in our lives. Moving in power, moving in love, moving in self-control and discipline, giving us the ability to have dominion, hallelujah, to have dominion in the earth, to make your name great. They'll see our good works and glorify your name because it's about making your name great in the earth. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that eyes are opening. The eyes of understanding are opening. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen and amen and amen. Well, tomorrow night is Friday Night Joy with Reverend Ray. Hallelujah, Pastor Ray Rose. Shout out to you, brother. Yeah, he'll be here tomorrow night, Friday Night Joy at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune in and be blessed. And I pray that you will have a 
a wonderful rest of the afternoon or whatever you listen, whatever time of day you listen, that thereafter, that you will just be flowing in such joy and peace. Amen. And remember, remember this, please, that there is no condemnation to to those of us who are in Christ Jesus because we are called according to his purpose. So don't don't be hard on yourself. We are being encouraged by this word. Because God sees us as his beloved, so we don't we don't have to fear his chastening because he's chastening us as one who loves us unconditionally. So we can rest in that love. Wake up in that love. Go to sleep in it knowing how loved you are and how special you are to him. Amen. Well, God bless you until next week. God willing, I'll be on the air with you. Amen. So love you. God bless. Bye.